0: And welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey.
1: I'm Dave Cohen.
0: And this is episode 169. We have a special guest with us this week. He should probably earn some kind of a special jacket for being on, I think, three times. Uh, He is producer uh, David Tyler of Positive Productions. David, hello to you. Uh,
2: Hello. Uh... Thank you for having me uh, again. Um, Thank
0: you. Yes. And your previous, I mean, you have a very, very, basically, if you listen to something on Radio 4 and you think it's really funny, there's an 85% chance that David Tyler was the producer of that show. So all those shows you like, Dave has produced them. He also has been doing so for many years,
1: 35 years now. Uh, uh, uh,
2: What's 2021 minus 1985?
0: OK, do the maths. Yeah, In fact, Dave likes to do the maths. Uh, Lissa Evans we spoke to the other day. Did you ever overlap with Lissa Evans? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, very briefly. She did Series 4 of Camera Upstairs and I did Series which you hosted, didn't you, Dave? Uh, and I did Series 3. I did. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we did overlap, yeah. yes.
0: So there's almost a reunion happening on this podcast and, <laughs> and somewhere or another. But the reason, David, we wanted to talk to you uh, was to hear about your script competition that you ran and uh, you, you, you know, unlike many production companies who say, please do not send us your scripts uh, for, for a variety of good and bad reasons, uh, you said, please send me your scripts. Um, can you say a bit about the competition that you ran, as it were, and whether you were surprised, exhilarated, overwhelmed by the results of that. And then we'll talk about... I'd just say as well, in that
1: moment that you said, send me your scripts, you won the undying love of hundreds of uh, comedy writers. Absolutely. Are just not used to being uh, told by a producer who puts stuff on the radio to send scripts. So thank you very much on behalf of all of them.
0: So we'll talk about the specifics, what are people doing wrong and right and that kind of stuff, but just about... You know, how how did it go in terms of the, the headlines of, of of the number you were sent and the kinds of scripts you were being sent? Uh,
2: OK, yes. Yeah, so well, we did say send you scripts and uh, I'm glad everyone fell in love. That's that's, that's very kind. I love, I love I then proceeded to squander by only selecting four of the ones we were sent. But uh, the idea was that um, normally we'd be going to Edinburgh and we'd be going to Vault Festival and we'd be going out and about to see... To see shows, not just stand ups, but also, and I don't know if this is talked about that much as a precursor to sitcom, but the, the one hour writer performer play, which is, a, or the 50 minute play, which is such an Edinburgh staple, uh, mm-hmm. as well it might be. And so often it seems to me that there's, you think, that's the germ of the sitcom idea. And of course, the writers and who are in it, mm-hmm. the writer performers know that that's going to be true as well. Yeah. We couldn't be seeing any of those. So we, that's why we sort of had the competition to sort of say, um, send, send us what you were going to be doing this Edinburgh. If you're part of a writer performing team, if you're a writer by yourself, send us what you would have been what you would have been trying to persuade stand ups to be in. Um, all, all those things and all points in between. So we uh, we launched that before Christmas and sort of imagining that people would write it over Christmas and the new year, which they did. And then we read them all in sort of February well, we, I, I keep saying we as if I was a massive corporation, literally me, <laughs> I read them all. <laughs> um, I do have a massive corporation, but that's merely a pun. At uh, middle age, uh, I read them all sort of uh, February, March, and the idea was, and indeed, as it turned out, that we'd select four um, to then do a, at, at its simplest, a, a table read we have cast uh, with, with sort of, you know, friends invited on Zoom, which we did, I, I got a rep of 11, actors um many of whom hadn't seen the light of day for yeah and we and we did a sort of massive long zoom table read for everyone which was a blast
0: uh,
1: wow that must have been very
0: jolly
2: uh, and it, was, that,
1: that in itself must have had uh, been you know logistically kind of quite quite a thing to yeah. arrange but I mean, we'll come come to that after yeah. but um, then, uh, the, let's talk about the scripts first yeah, yeah.
2: and then the, and the idea was fun with the, with the competition that that uh, best part of the prize I suppose you'd call it I uh, do a script editing session with them um, and also from a self-interested or mutually interested point of view some of them might we might propose Radio 4 um, and and what what I discovered uh, which is a good thing was that you can't really do one script editing session uh, if, if it's really going to be read out loud by people in front of other people what you have to do mm. is about five <laughs>
0: okay. each
2: so, yeah. so we actually did you know we actually developed them pretty pretty far.
0: Wow. Uh, and they got big laughs when we did them. Which, Brilliant, which was lovely. Well, let, let's let's talk about those in a moment. But first, can you say, you know, uh, firstly, were you surprised by the standard, and were you surprised by a re- repetitive subject that kept people? going Zombies. Everyone zombies? loves zombies. <laughs> That's really interesting because we didn't we didn't have any zombie scripts when oh. we did our competition. We had yeah, about. No, eight, I got Oh, I see. That's good. So firstly, how many scripts were you sent in total? Uh, and, you know, can you give us a rough breakdown of your breakdown, yeah. but also <laughs> of the breakdown of the kinds of scripts you were getting? So,
2: uh, OK, so, so this is going to be some high density information here. So I hope that's all right. Probably about 600 uh, we got sent, of which I would say and these, these figures are not to be trusted in any sense, but probably about 70 or 80 were telescripts. Right. Um, whether people hadn't read that it was for an audio script or uh, or whether they thought, and this is understandable, that sort of get the script out there at the very least, get someone to read it. You know, they may be so bowled over by it that they're happy to promulgate a television script in a radio competition, or um, they hadn't noticed that, oh, they thought that I might not notice. <laughs> Which, um, or it was written for telly and they quite reasonably thought, I will adapt it, I will adapt it, but I just don't have the time and the deadlines come, you know, all those different reasons. Um Some honorable, some bit dim, um mm. some if I was a different person, mildly insulting, but not at all because the mm. you know hell it's hard enough being a writer, so there, so that ruled out some um many a, a lot weren't sitcom now that's a big thing to say um because there are so many different kinds of sitcom, but there's but many were uh clearly single episodes or comedy dramas or serials. Which we'd specifically sort of said, noble and fine art form, but not what we're doing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that was that probably to another hundred or so and, 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 and but I would say two thirds of them were bona fide, uh character um sitcoms some non audience, some audience uh
0: yeah, um, so Great. there was a lot and read. a lot about zombies lots about zombies i mean
2: stuff crops up you know sort of uh a lot of post apocalypse uh i mean I mean there is nothing wrong with the uh, okay. When I say, you know, when, when I berate, I'll seem to berate these subjects, it's it's that they come up a lot, not that there is no bad premise for a sitcom, even bad premise, you know, Blackadder's a bad premise for a sitcom in one way, don't do a historical sitcom, you know, well, get on, well, you know, fair, don't do a Roman sitcom, oh, Plebs, or, or up Pompeii, or Chelmsford one two three. if you want to go that far back. Um, you know, so every, don't do a space sitcom, oh, Red Bull, so... Um, so, yes, a lot of uh, a, a lot of sort of premises where you just thought,
0: no, not that again.
2: Um, they
0: just feel kind of genre rather than saying anything that's, you know, as we say on this podcast a lot with your script, it's got to answer the questions. Why this? Why now? And why you? Yeah, well, well also, and, I, I have
2: a I have a deeper problem with which are, with with historical or, or genre sitcoms. Oh, um which is a particularly historical sitcoms, and I'm aware that I'm talking to uh, one of the writers of the Milton Jones era and one of the writers of Horrible Histories, and my, my beef goes as follows, or my concern, is Robin Hood, right, you're going to write a Robin Hood sitcom, hooray, they set in the time of Sherwood Forest. Okay, there is a list of about 30 words, you know, Arrows, Twang, <laughs> Marion, Sheriff, John, Luke, Green... That we all share, and after that, you run out. So, great for a horrible history sketch. If Milton becomes, mm. uh, you know, the show from Nottingham, great for a three-minute bit in a in a Milton mm. Jones show. God, we've all done it, but not a whole sitcom that you want eighteen x in a Christmas special. Mm. Yeah,
1: um, well, in fact, in fact, that's that's hit on a point uh, I should make. First of all, um, you know, when you write a sketch for horrible histories, you have to be historically accurate, uh, and that's. I mean, I often got jokes turned down uh, in songs because they hadn't been verified by two or more uh, professors. Uh, you have to be in the room at it. the same time yeah. and turn the key simultaneously <laughs> yeah. to launch the joke. Exactly. But, but the, the, the point is that people still will send scripts exactly as you're saying, you know, oh, here's a funny thing for Horrible histories about Robin Hood, and it's not about Robin Hood, it's about, uh, you know, it's a juxtaposition joke about something that hasn't been invented yet, <laughs> which you can do one per per series if you're doing historical fiction, not ten per show. Mm. But that's by the by. And somebody asked me while your competition was on, they mentioned something about an, uh, an end-of-the-world script that involved a lot of people... All, all being off sent off somewhere i said the only thing uh, i said you do know you know david produced a show uh, that ran for a two three series about a bunch of people it was the end of the world and they they, yeah. were, they were on a rocket you know and i i do sort of think you know and this is an important point for people entering competitions do you research you know don't if it says it's a radio uh, sitcom script, you know, send a radio sitcom script. Uh, <laughs> or if you're going to send a telescript, say, I'm really sorry, it's a telescript. I, I, I'm not, sh-, you know, uh, whatever reason I sent you a telescript. But don't send a telescript, basically. And don't, you know, uh, and and if it's David Tyler from Positive, don't just sit there and think, oh, okay, uh, I'll send a radio script. And think, oh right, who is this guy? What's he done? What sort of stuff? What sort of stuff does he make? What you know without without trying to second guess his ideas? What what you know? How, what sort of thing will am I basically pitching to him? So uh, you know, and the chances are, if it's an end of the world sitcom with a bunch of people going off somewhere, that's exactly like a show he made. Five ten years ago, whatever, then uh, that's probably not a good idea. No, I, I, I mean,
2: I, I mean, I, I also think um, genre. That, so, so yeah. So, I mean, that's that's why sort of genre stuff can be a bit limiting. You know, uh, barring the exceptions that get on, but you know, you might why, why
0: set your bar so high. We we also I think the way to do the genre stuff is probably it has to be okay, Sherwood Forest, why now? And so, oh, well, it's the whole show is about tax and it's about, he's he's. it's all about billionaires having all the money and he's going after them and it feels like it's of the moment that it's sort of, and so you really, it's, you're telling a story from today, but you're using the past as opposed to essentially writing an end of year review set of skits uh, for your works do, which, you know, and Sherwood Forest is a perfectly good, place to do that but it's 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 not going to get commissioned
2: and I mean, um, and and then there, there are other things we saw a lot of which there I, I assume there's nothing wrong with them but we saw a lot of just if you are hmm. thinking the comes one is um <laughs> uh, there isn't there isn't a title for this there's a title for the under one roof stickers genre there, there, I don't know if there's a t- title for this genre which is um unsuccessful person from town has to go back and live with parents has to leave London and go back and live with parents in shitty town they came from. Yeah. Often written by writers who presumably <laughs> would claim they come from that shitty town. Um, there were a lot of those there's nothing wrong with that intrinsically
1: oh yeah I I, I wrote that sitcom about 15 years ago what was was your
2: shitty town was it Leeds
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it was uh, South Wales actually Uh where I had worked but it was uh, I think it was called something like No Place Like Home or something there was a
0: uh, there was a BBC2 show I think Neil Edmund wrote it which was sort of that and I think did did okay but again it's like but why that town why now what is it about them and it's just it just feels too just generic doesn't it really
2: yeah i mean you know you couldn't you couldn't put your hand on your heart so it's it's wrong in the same way that a um you know there's nothing wrong with a sitcom that starts with the reading of the will and an unexpected sibling turns <laughs> up um but but this sort of i mean this is i mean i can get, go off topic and talk about my my dream sitcom uh but but i should carry on talking about the i you
0: mean your nightmare sitcom as in the it all <laughs> yeah. it all you know it's i mean the bizarre will stipulations my heart really does sink when i read that at the start um
2: that all uh well no um yeah, I mean, I, uh, so, so yes, probably left with about sort of three or 400 um, in, entirely, you know, readable, you know, readable mm. scripts, which is, you know, very, very creditable. Um, the, the huge, huge sort of thing that you need to, that the people, I think, need, you know, that distinguishes sort of, that gets it down to, to sort of 60 um, is the sit. Um, I'm not going to talk about the common yet as it were um because that's 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 its own thing but but so few of them have a situation that uh that yields any comedy or that you can um you can sort of feel is is identifiable and you're going to actually want to join Uh, i mean identifiable is a slightly circular term because if you like it you'll identify with it but um all, all very very few of them had a situation where you go. This is about a. This is about a thing. These people are in this place because, or in this place metaphorically or literally, because um, it's intrinsically funny. Because there will always be these tensions. Because, uh, and you're going to enjoy, you know, its iterations. Um, almost, mm. almost, you know, very, very few have that. Uh, m- most, most of them, I, th- I felt people had started writing, mm. without actually coming up with a decent come out with a decent idea and by idea I mean a sitcom idea plenty of ideas for funny scenes or explosive events or big plot things um but not but very little exploring or really believing why your situation would be would be would give you anything
0: yeah that was a big and in a way that the situation can be can be a little bit vanilla if there is some eternal struggle at the heart of it so you can set a perfectly decent sitcom in a school And set it now. And it's like, yeah, but what's it really about? Is it about optimism about the youth of tomorrow versus we it's just history repeating itself or, you know, yes, prime minister is my favorite. It's the political will versus the administrative won't. And there is a local council version of that show as well, which would also be perfectly watchable and, and funny as well. But it just feels like it's just these are funny things that happen in this situation And either you need an eternal struggle or you need sort of special access, I always think, which is, oh, I've not heard it told like this before. And sometimes you read a sitcom script that you just think, well, if this if there was a sitcom set in a bookshop, I've never worked in a bookshop, but that's the sort of script that I would write having never worked in one. And then you discover that the writer has worked in a bookshop for 20 years and you just think. Oh, OK. It doesn't feel like you really understand what that business is really oh, about. This
2: is a big thing. I, I, I'm a huge fan. Uh, future competition ent- ent- entrance note. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of knowledge of the situation. Oh. Uh, I, I, I love it when when the writer knows shit and is going to tell me about it. That's, hmm. I mean, I like that in everything. Obviously, I mean, you know, the great, the great, you know, greatest contemporary novels. Are, novelists are able to sort of just build a whole world, and you think, how did you know that? Well, they did their research for months and months and months. Um, so, so if it's a situation where people know where know stuff, now it's obviously tended to get, going to be more a workplace sitcom or something. But one of the things that gets the script flung across the room um, is very quickly is when they set it somewhere but don't give a shit about where about theness of it the Ness, S, -S, of it. Uh, And you just think, well, that's so irritating. Um, No exception to every rule. Black books makes no sense at all. Not a bookshop in any sense at all. Um, The talent makes it, you know, the collective writing uh, and performing talent meant that they were right and we were wrong. You know, that statement was wrong. But in general, um, know something. That would be amazing. (laughs) You know, tell us about it. And if you're going to set it in a farm or a hospital uh, or a school... You've got to understand the biomechanics of it, really. Otherwise, don't bother. Which is why mm-hmm. um, I think one—you know—one one of the many distinguishing things, about, the things that sort of mark the thick of it out as an extraordinary piece of work—in um, sitcom terms, he knew his stuff. Here, Mando Nucci knew his stuff, and he knew his stuff because he went and learned it all. He he wined, mm-hmm. wined and, There isn't a thing for a, a tea and equivalent to wined and dined. Um, he tea and coffee did. D- 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 um political advisors and spads and as they were then weren't known and so on and said how does it really work is it mm-hmm. really true that um that everyone are running around, that we're all running around like nitwits looking at the next five minutes headline rather than the next 20 years of economic development yep uh mm-hmm. so no stuff and if you uh which is you know why so many doctors right? you know why so many medical sitcoms are written by doctors because they you know doctors are a part of them like right right from sort of um, Graham Chapman write it and so I write from Graham Garden and Graham Chapman writing uh, Doctor in the House didn't they um, because you actually know the li- the real lines of attack you know where the sort mm. of vectors are you know what, what budges if you pull which string um, you know the ranks ranks incredibly useful in a sitcom yes.
0: uh, and
2: not just an army yeah. a teacher sitcom any, anywhere where somebody has notional or paper hierarchy um, yeah
1: that That's interesting that does go slightly against i mean not I get where people say uh when when I say to people about why me uh you know and I say you know i I worked in a supermarket, so I'm the right person to do a sitcom about a supermarket i I say that's that isn't really what I mean by why me. What, what I mean is, you know, what what, what is it about you, or you that you bring in to something? And I can see how in, say, you know, like you say in politics or in uh, in medicine, where there, there is a kind of uh, a, a lot of specialised knowledge and that, you know, you come, you come from that place. But sometimes the specialised knowledge... Uh, it's a substitute for jokes uh oh, that's, well that,
2: yes yeah, so you, you know, i want all of everything please <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah or it's or it's like you know we saw this uh you know uh, oh honestly the people that i work with they're mad you know and so mm. you have this uh main character who's surrounded by three mad people and the main character is just sitting there uh, doing nothing. yeah
2: i mean i mean that, that's something actually, actually i was I was going to go on to next but i mean uh, but, but to give you an example of a supermarket um i think if I think if I read a supermarket script that was great in many respects, but if a character was sort of saying, oh, when's, when's the delivery going to turn up of today's stuff to put on the shelves? You'd be irritated because you'd say clearly it doesn't work like that clearly there's you know they, they, they come from multiple suppliers there's a constant churn of stuff they have dealings with that office there's brands and stuff and there's oh God, you know promotional stuff and stuff they're trying to sell and stuff they're trying to shift and what you've done is miss the chance of getting any comedy out of that at all hmm. all you've done is is have three people your age stand around fetching and, and a manager who's 50 being petulant Mm-hmm. Um that's what
1: you've written. Yeah. Um,
2: so so, <laughs> so we're, we're, a laugh
1: of recognition. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah.
2: But but how much better? You had that script as well. <laughs> but how much better if that week the thing from head office saying there's a kiwi fruit promotion promotion and they've all got to wear kiwi fruit costumes the week that somebody decides to go natural and not stop wearing deodorant. Mm. Okay, that's that's a plot born of yeah. truth. Uh, I yeah, did inverted okay. comma gesture there for, with my fingers for those who, <laughs> um, those who are only listening, which is everybody. Uh, so, um, so, so that that was a, that was a big thing, which was the the premise just didn't feel like it had any expertise, or it was set somewhere, and, and you just thought, nah, you don't care. You just want to do your jokes out loud in a row. Uh, yeah. My other big, big thing, um, and this is a slightly more sophisticated. Well, no, it's a sophisticated thing. Uh, and this was brought home to me by one particular script, um, which had a lot of heart and a lot of oomph about someone who had been very unwell, had had a long term illness, uh, and wrote about the consequences. You know, it was a very personal sitcom about having this long term illness. Uh, this also came up in one of the winners. As well, actually. One of the winning scripts was by William Van Dyke and he has been a practicing barrister and it's set in the world of law and his one and his premise, which speaks to what I was uh, his philosophy, which speaks to what we were just saying, is um he watches stuff on door on the telly and wants to put a brick through the screen. I think what was the one where the barrister was staking out a client or something or you know, stuff is rubbish. <laughs> so he said, Well I I'm I mean, what if I do stuff it's going, it's gonna be real. You know, barristers need to go yeah, because and then it'll be the better for it. But um one of the um things i say to people is when you've had something funny happen in your life or you're working with someone who you think oh that might be funny um or bonkers incident and clearly in a year and a career of practicing law and he was in civil so he was doing sort of compensation cases and discrimination cases not crime um weird things happen and you meet some really strange and interesting people very very funny incidents uh don't put those in um because they're not funny <laughs> just written out turn them into something have them inspire something um, mm. synthesize them you know when, when i say i think novel where people say oh you use this character in a novel you, you use me in a novel i mean apart from uh, i think Kate and l which was supposedly about walpole or something and he got very shirty but 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 by and large when people say that was me in a novel I go no it wasn't it's a synthesis Mm. I've, I've used what the funny thing was and turned that into a whole thing. I've taken some elements of it, I've bothered you with it. I mean, it seems so basic, but I discovered a lot of sitcoms where it was just an iteration of something that had obviously happened to them. Mm. Mm. So, I and mean, it would so, have been
0: really funny if build. this had happened or that had happened, but it didn't. So they didn't say that that's what had happened. It's like, no, no, it's just use it as a stepping stone to get yeah. you to something that you wouldn't have come across or thought of on your own. So, you know, we, when we were doing Bluestone 4-2, virtually everything that's in the show was based on a true story. But it's still like, and we, our, military, you know, our military advisor would understand that these three things are all technically possible. They're unlikely to happen within a 36-hour period. But of course, we're not showing those bits on our sitcom of where you have 36 hours where not much happens. Yeah. Um, it is a compression. and He completely understood it. So we just said, is this is this is this plausible? Is this theoretically possible? Yeah, yeah of course it's possible. You know, has it ever happened? Oh, uh, it, the, the, what they normally do is no, 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 that never happens. Oh, except, oh, there's this one regiment that always does this thing with a thing. But apart from that, oh, and the RAF, of course, they've got this thing, which always does that. And don't get me started on the engineers. But no, I mean, it hardly ever happens. So, you know, so here are four cases in which what you've just said happens. So there's always a there's always a way of, of taking the truth and making it into a story that's actually going to serve the plot rather than being a slave to it, I guess, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. So 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 synthesize. Mm. be be inspired by uh and then di- you might discover that you've you've dumped the core element of it completely because actually yeah. what was funny about it you know sort of took off in a different direction and mm. got, you know the better so uh so i'm sort of trying to in a way trying to give more interesting sort of reasons of why we converged or more more sort of deeper reasons why we converged on the ones we did rather than the big one which i will say next which is um you know, sort of, was it funny enough um, mm. But uh, all, all all that strange sort of uh, self-interacting triangle of plot characters' jokes, which I know you've mm. sort of talked about in, 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 with any luck incessantly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so often it, yeah, you, they just sort of seem to be none of the same things. They all seem to be sort of doing different things. Um,
0: in what way? So the characters are kind of talking past each other and not in a funny way? Because obviously you want yeah. the characters to... To, to misinterpret each other and to, in a sense, almost project their own prejudices onto other characters and, and sort of second guess them in that way. But sometimes it feels like you've just got three individuals talking, you know, doing their own thing, you know, in a workplace or in a family. This is a, this
2: is a huge thing. And I think it's, it's at the heart of an awful lot of what marks out a, a sitcom from something that's sort of um, extended snark. Which is characters? A lot of the time, characters didn't seem to notice the other characters existed. Right. Uh, they, you know, they they talk to you. They sort of talk past each other. Now, this isn't the same. Exactly as you say, as a character misunderstanding, it, misunderstanding another character. That's the essence of it, or a character of not not hearing. Yeah. But but it was. I think that's the biggest thing is that is that there shouldn't be. Is, is that so much of the dialogue seemed to be people saying the thing they were going to say, and then the next person said their thing. And and they weren't serving... The, it's like they weren't in the sitcom. Right. Do,
1: do you think this is possibly down to uh, uh, maybe a lack of preparation when, when you're kind of coming up with characters? I mean, there's often... Uh, uh, maybe the deadline has something to do with it. There there's, comes a point at which you think, well... Mm, that character's not quite there yet but it's all right it'll i'll fix it when it comes uh, to writing the script
2: well well i think i think the the, the thing about characters is that it, i suppose and this is a bit of, there's going to be some mass mass alert folks uh okay uh, what if, if it's a monologue you've got one character if it's di- if, if, if you've got two characters that's three things you have to attend to uh, the character a character b and character a character b interaction uh, if it's three people, then that is, uh, six, is it? Six. Yeah, uh, et etc. et cetera. Uh, so, so, So every time, you, you, if you think of a character, and you're trying to think of the funniest iteration of that character, you're thinking, well, they're, they, they've got to be funny when they come in and do a thing. You know, Kramer's got to be funny in the way he skids to a horse as he gets to the centre of the set. But w- what's actually funny about them in relation to the other characters, why are the audience going to be hugging themselves with glee when when Kramer comes in? Because they're going to enjoy Jerry's face when Kramer says a stupid thing. I mean, this is being really uh, sort of crude analysis, and also break my own rule of talking about American sitcoms. Um, but but apart from the perfectly executed cameo, um, broadly speaking, every character depends on every other character, and uh, and that is what the sitcom is. It, it strikes me that. If a character doesn't seem to sort of be talking to another character or they don't seem to interact, I think that's a symptom, not just of, uh, oh, bad character planning or running out of time. Or something. I think it's a deeper thing. I think it means that you haven't really written a sitcom. Um, I f- it, it, because if if they were the two characters in the sitcom, they could only talk about the sitcom that week. There shouldn't be anything they say. I'm not talking about flashbacks or that was the worst party since or, you know, which is some, sometimes permissible. Um, it's it's that they shouldn't be saying anything to each other or showing the viewer or the listener anything that isn't that week's show. Um, mm. Why, why, why would if, if you're in a situation where there's there's a ticking bomb that's just arrived from head office and, and you've got to hide it under the table before the boss comes or any of that, they're not they shouldn't talk about anything else. Yeah. Um, and Because that's not the sitcom, you've only got 28 minutes or 22 minutes each other for so, so that was a huge thing is that it was, was people chatting past each other, not just well, in work workers' dialogue, but it's actually not a sitcom. There
1: we are. I was going to ask if you got uh, uh, sort of on the uh, off the back of that thinking, uh, I often read scripts where because people uh, are king, they, they know that they're introducing uh new characters to you, the audience or the producer or whatever, but, these characters already know each other um and uh, i do read a lot of scripts where the first two or three pages are oh yeah you know it was like that time when you did that 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 yeah and then you said this yes but i said that so it's like they're, they're kind of talking about stuff that's not to do with now but it, yeah. it's it's a, a writer you you think you're just, showing the different. character
2: yeah that, that, i mean that's you know i i, I could do it <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's off to any writer who even gives it a go but um but, yeah, no, it, uh, head, headline, it, it is difficult to introduce your characters to the audience when they already know each other. Um, answer, do you want to be a writer? That's got to be sold. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, one, so- way, one way of solving it, it seems to me, um, is to make the plot start so they all have to do a thing, which means, and it now offers, if it's a hierarchical sitcom, uh, set in school or something, Oh, local government. And he said, "That's great because then they're supposed to tell each other stuff." So, mm-hmm. if, if it's a you know if it's a newspaper editor's office or a local government, that's fine. All thick of it, that's fine because Malcolm can come storming in. The fact that his dialogue is immensely funny is another thing again. But at the very least, he can say, "Right, listen up, everybody! Don't mm-hmm. forget we've got the visit from the, the today."
0: Yes, we've got to do the thing by the time. Yeah, and then, or and else then the, the audience... following criteria. <laughs>
2: the audience are laughing already because they know that that. That character A is a slob, so won't get their uniform on correctly, um, and character B is is um, hen or cockpecked, if I can desexualise that term, uh, you know, and so has already promised that they've got to leave on time that day. Oh, you know, the, or the the you know, or, or uh, so or character C is always on the phone to their dad, who's in care. And they can mm. you know, And you already know shitloads about them because there's an imperative. And that imperative is that week's plot. Mm. I'm getting a bit heated here now, but I think because. No, this I, is
0: really helpful. I think, I think
2: it, it's an immense yeah. skill. Uh, yep. uh, but then that's all right, because you're asking two million people to laugh at your skill. <laughs>
0: yeah. And also you're asking someone to spend in TV terms, at least a couple of million shooting six of these. So, mm. you know, you're, you're in with the big boys and we're not mucking about here. Yeah. I, mean, our beset, I mean, our refrain that we say again and again, virtually every week, is that when we read the first 10 pages of a script, the odds are nothing happens. And sometimes you get something on page 10 where we finally discover the story of the week. Um, and so pe- but up until that point, it's mostly people talking. Um, it sounds like that's chiming with possibly half of the scripts that you read, which was yeah. essentially... People being introduced on their first day of work, talking past each other. But overall, you're just thinking, I don't really know where this is going. Well, well,
2: uh, well it's it's, it's weird. This is what, what you sort of done is turn the sort of four dimensional cube to another of its faces.
0: Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but... Uh, that's so that you, okay? James.
2: That's you all over, isn't it? Um, you know, in, in that we're sort of... Uh, I'm going to shoot myself here in the front now because I've said joke, joke, jokes, plot and character. That's only three axes, damn. Um, uh, acting talent, there we go. That'll be, four, that'll be the fourth axis, so it is a mm-hmm. four-dimensional um, This A lot of them fell down, yeah, because they... I did, yeah, because they didn't have a plot. Um, that's a big thing. Or they yeah, I say they didn't have a plot that um, meant the characters did a sitcom. I mean, I suppose one of the biggest things I say to everyone is um, intend to write a sitcom. And if you don't want to write a sitcom, don't. But don't send it to a sitcom competition, Uh yeah, sort of thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, I mean, I don't
2: mind reading it, but it won't, you know, I won't advance it. Yeah. Um, because sitcom is, it's, it's a very, it's, it is its own thing. It's, it's they're, they're all the same under the skin. Of course, they're not. The Royal Family is different to did Ladies, you know, Up Pompeii is different to uh, Arrested Development, I don't know. Um, think of it as very radical in its look um, and had way more characters than um, The Lovers by Jack Rosenthal, you know, but, hmm. but in the end, um, you, you are writing a 28 minute circular Resetting, uh, quasi play, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Onion. It's n- it's not a full play, the characters don't change, They're slow arcs, and you know, you and horses, people have babies and stuff. But, um, and if you don't try that, that's that's cool, but if you, you don't, but if but, but if you do intend to write it, um, you a plot has to happen, and the audience have to sort of kind of know what that plot is, and they have to be enjoying in anticipation the plot the effect on the characters um it's it feels like it's sort of such a simple but very big and quite difficult thing
0: i think it's very easy to i did a few blog posts and videos about how one of the problems of the first 10 pages is it turns out you're not writing a sitcom you're writing a murder mystery as in you're doing what they do on a two-hour episode of morse which is start with five apparently unconnected scenes you know a lady in a library and then a bloke (laughs) on the river and then a, a gardener shaking an apple tree, and then it's just like and you're I, I, I ten pages it, in, but... <laughs> and it's just like, well, if you've got two hours and it's a murder mystery and you're not trying to make anyone laugh, and it's an yeah. established prequel show to one of the most successful murder detectives of all time, then sure. Um, but that's not a sitcom. So yeah. if you want to write a murder mystery. Write a murder mystery. I mean, I, mean, I, I read you can a, do that. a
1: brilliant,
2: um, the, one of the best openings I've ever read. It was by a writer called Brian Jordan. So heads up, Brian. It was a brilliant opening and it really wanted you to read the rest of the script. It's a, it's a, it's a, 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 in brief, um, but it's not a sitcom. And he would admit that. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a posh restaurant. And it's one of those ones where there's lots of coats, lots of, sort of coats and stuff on a, you know, on a stand as you go in in the little thing. Someone comes in, he looks tough. He looks shifty. You think he, he shouldn't be in this restaurant. He goes up to he goes up to all the coat he goes up to the coat rack, looks around. You know there aren't any waiters. Starts taking the coats off. You think, aye aye. Puts the coats on the floor. Takes the coat rack. Tucks it under his arm. Walks out. <laughs> okay, you want to know what's going? It's yeah. about debt collectors, and he's taking the assets yeah. of the restaurant. But what a great right. cold open! I mean, because yeah. you want to know. Yeah. But um, not a sitcom. Absolutely was, uh, because it was too. As a sitcom joke, it, it would have been too slow in setting up intrigue
0: yeah think no you can 't really that 's not really a got time for
1: that I, th- I think one of the things and i'm i've I'm, found, found this a lot in a lot of scripts that i 've read recently and and uh, i think in, and, and there 's a, a a reason why uh, one of the one of the reasons why this happens is when we talk about um, the, what's the what's the story this week? Um, and then, but we also talk about what's the premise. And I, sometimes I've been reading some uh, different books now where uh, people people use the word premise to mean this week's episode, whereas in my head the premise is is the this is the the essence of what it's really about. So you get a, you get a this week's plot that is actually not a plot but is is about the essence it's, it's quite a complicated thing to to separate out but yeah. you know black books is uh whatever it is it's, it, it's it's about a guy who who is just completely unsuited to 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 be doing the job that he's doing isn't it really yes a but, misanthrope uh, running a bookshop uh, but you know this week's episode is about this customer who comes in or this book or whatever and that's a sep- that is a that that's happening this week Uh, and we've got the kind of you know we've got the what it's really about going on underneath and i wonder if that's but you know so people think that they are writing plots i sometimes think when i read it i think people think you know i think they're saying to you trust me this is a story because it's the overall premise that's
2: a really yes that's a really good observation one i'm quite happy to sort of speak to um so the premise is the thing that makes the plots tumble out uh, mm. and be pleasing. Because I often sort of say to someone, you know, can you, you know if, if, if someone were generally working on a new come idea, I'd say, can you, can you think of, can you, could you think of a dozen plots? If I said, you know, the next, yeah, are the plots tumbling out? Um, same as the jokes. I mean, you know, I mean, James will know that when he and Milton and Dan Evans sit down to sort of think of a possible Milton, Milton Jones scenario, um, you know, which is not mm. unrelated, uh, to a sitcom, and say, "Well, oh, Mil- Milton's a judge. Oh, Milton's a deep sea diver." I was like, "I think mean, that is simplest." D- yeah. Do the jokes fall out all over the place? Because if they do, yeah. you're probably fine.
0: Um, yeah. You've got the scene with him with the great. We can imagine him in the diving bell. There's that scene. There's the a yeah. scene where he's at the bottom of the Mariana's trench. There's and you just think there's about six there. Oh, that's yeah. That's that feels. Yeah. There's so, enough to be going on with. So, so
2: with the, with the sitcom, you sort of go. I mean, uh, you know, you'd sort of say. I mean, I mean, hosp- hospital ones write to themselves in the there's a you know, case each week. You know, it's the heart of your main plot or whatever. But yeah, you you think do, do these plots tumble out? And if they do, then the premise is probably sound. Um, the the premise will inform what what plots you'll think of. Yeah. You, know, you know, I mean, the fact that Miranda is um, you know, frustrated perennially frustrated in a certain way means that you know, you'll you'll. Uh, you should any comedy writer and DJ's, one of them, should be able to sort of burp out, burp out a plot that says, "Oh, um, ha- handsome, handsome, ta- uh, handsome tax inspector arrives."
0: Yeah. So, so she's
2: she's in a flutter because she wants to come on to him, but also the shop could close
0: yes that's right I mean, so, you know you go yeah that, so that's a that's very, a that's a terrible idea sorry what was the, what was the tax <laughs> inspector like, like, you say I, sorry just so reaching for a pencil
2: here so that's a that's a plot that's a really simple plot that tumbled out because of the premise of the sitcom mm.
0: if,
2: if if you said um oh there's a um you know I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to think of a bad miranda plot because it doesn't appertain to miranda mm. itself mm. you sort of go oh there's a um, there's a pop song competition being held at the local church or something. You know, well, then, yeah. yeah, I don't know what would she can't quite see. I mean, okay, she could sing badly, but I'm not quite sure.
0: Mm. Uh, the vicar's dish. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, the,
0: the flip side of that, though, know, is when somebody has quite a big premise, and the the story of the week is the story, and you think I can't actually think of, you know, essentially, if if it's a story set on a nuclear submarine. And there's going to be a nuclear war. Um, that's that's fine, but you're tell that's a movie with one big story arc. That's not a sitcom. Well, well, I mean, you- well
2: props to Ben Woolward and Jim Phil smith because we did eight eps of a, of a sitcom set in a nuclear submarine.
0: Yeah, but in a way there wasn't. I mean, there was
2: never any war.
0: <laughs> yes, but at the moment it feels like th- things, I think. In a way, I think people are shooting for the moon in terms of of premises sometimes and just think are really ambitious. And I really applaud that, you know, and I'm the one who did a sitcom set in an active war zone in in Afghanistan. But we were trying to set up a story of the week rather than essentially a one off quest. And that's a movie. And sometimes you do read a script and you think they've sort of written a movie here and they're kind of trying to sell it as six half hours. But unfortunately, we live in a world, as it were, where those things actually exist now. And so they think, well, why can't I do a sitcom that's basically a Netflix series to which you go, well, maybe you can. I don't know. Um, I mean, good luck getting it on Netflix. I, 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 how <laughs> shows get commissioned by Netflix, I still don't really know. Uh, <laughs> they just seem to appear magically uh, in, the, in the news media, and the press, and then on my telly box. But... Um, yeah. You I, know. I, 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 so I think because they're seeing stuff that is essentially a chopped-up movie, um, people are now writing sitcoms or comedy dramas, which are actually movies that are chunked rather than sitcoms, which is what fundamentally we're most interested in, isn't its yeah, is there anything it, in that?
2: It, it, it does, and you get and you get you get sort of hy- hybrids that have a ser- the serial art, like um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, what was it? Uh, Scrope Recall, what did that become known as? Daniel Ings?
1: Yeah, uh, lovesick. lovesick. Lovesick, yes.
2: Uh, you know, that, that, that had a sort of serial element, didn't it? Really? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it had an arc. You know, so sort of comedy, comedy, drop, very similar
0: comedy
1: drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, interestingly, I've just been, uh, we're, we're watching um, Desperate Housewives again, having uh, watched it when it was first out, um, 10, 15 I, years I'm ago. I'm the Betty but... died, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it 's um you know that 's a great example of a show that has that does have kind of massive story arcs and very complex stories but actually, in every episode, there are two or three self contained uh, sitcom Plots, And mm. they're all great comedy actors, most of them are. Um, and, and so you get, you know, if it, if it isn't, if, if they're not the big story, that's the, the thing that's moving uh, over the whole 24 episode arc, they are the one self-contained story this week. And it's a, and it's a you know, little plot about... Mm.
0: Being an absolute psycho. Yeah, That's true. my overwhelming. I only, I only watched the first series. My wife watched the whole lot, but the first series, I did, the, the character that stands out for me is Bree as this terrifyingly competitive <laughs> um, white. <white-laked laughs> sadly, never, never,
2: never had the urge to
0: watch it. Um, no, yeah. it's fair enough, but it's it, it is mm. proper funny actually.
1: Yeah, but um, it, and it but, does. It is a great example of a show that is you know we we talk about comedy drama and what is sitcom i mean it is a it is a sitcom uh, mm. it's a sitcom that happens to have a kind of overarching uh, story every series but every episode is self contained yeah, think, uh, well, I think west
2: well. wing had a number of sitcom elements in it mm. uh, i think yeah. you know uh, you know the one where it's the christmas turkeys or something you know i mean you know there's there's that was quite sort of a physical sitcom piece of business i can't I don't remember yeah but in but but in terms of what we were saying, yeah, you're sort of you're you're now narrowing the circle quite tightly. Sort of once once you've you're now looking at the ones that um, that actually were about a thing, and the actors uh, and, the, and the and the and the script serviced the thing that it said it was going to be doing, um, and it took half an hour to do it and had the right weight of plot.
0: Hmm. Uh,
2: very not not very many really now. You're talking sort of thirty or forty now. Hmm. Um, so then so then, sort of something that I suppose I could have i you know secretly it was in my heart right from the start, but obviously now heavily comes into play, Is it funny? says yeah. <laughs> you have to talked on a uh, you know for so long without actually saying that um, but I was sort of trying to give structural rather than sort of a, a sort of discussion rather than oh, yeah. rather than just going, is it funny because that's you know that's a necessary if not sufficient condition um Oh, well, Dave's frozen, but he'll probably come back. Early.
0: Well, I think he's probably still be there. He might just have turned his camera off because his internet is a bit variable. All right, because um, he lives in North London, where obviously you know the internet. Whereas <laughs> here in Somerset, no problem. <laughs>
2: um, I think I'm using up North London. In North-
0: oh, that's quite possible. Yes, the couch and, and
2: you. electrons of man. Yeah. Um, hmm. So yeah, is it funny? And this is—I mean, this is—you know—that that's the thing that I'm not sure I can say anything about other than it just yeah. is. That's an empirical gift that's given to the writer yeah um but obviously uh, necessary but if not
0: i mean in a way it being funny is a pretty good start and actually i wonder to what extent you think and i cuz i when i read some scripts you'll put up with quite a lot of flaws yeah if if the show's sort of about something and the characters are actually engaging with each other and actually the plot might be a bit of an old mess and it sort of doesn't really end properly and all that stuff is fixable, but there's just sort of enough there to be going on with.
2: It's, um, y- caution though, I would say, uh, you, d- you, it, I can I give examples and I've mentioned them on the show before, so I won't reiterate where I've been involved in stuff where it was exactly that. Um, it, it was, it was a mess, but it had something and it didn't turn out to be a very famous and loved sitcom. Hmm. Um and, there were, and and certainly, yes, in this competition, there, there are instances of one's it way it was funny enough. But they took a bit of wrangling to get to solve the problems. It's not always right. a given that the problems won't be endemic. Um, so it, it, while it's still romantically true that if the script is, is just cryingly funny, it will somehow work. <laughs> and everything else is fixable. I think that's, um, that's a sort of probably one in a generation writer.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you've you a... probably you probably got one of those in your stable, uh, called John Binomial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and... curse curse him. <laughs>
2: um, so yeah. So
0: so being being funny. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. Sorry. I was going to say. So I think you've narrowed it down. Let's talk about the four, and we don't have to name them specifically. Yep. But in terms of those note sessions. What sort of notes were you giving? Was there a common theme to them? And also, how would you like writers to respond to notes? Uh, was that a a happy experience for you? Uh,
2: uh, yeah. Well. Well. I mean, uh, notes is I I I've never really sort of thought about the word notes until it started coming on the scene because I always thought of it as script editing uh, mm-hmm. and my style of script editing uh, is is first of all it's scale invariant, which is a very fancy pants way of saying that um, I'll I, I well okay. All this was on Zoom, and the, the writers I didn't know, and so we'd introduce ourselves, and i go, hello, and well done for winning, and that's so exciting. Right, let, uh, I said, before we start, what what what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of the top of my head. <laughs> because what will happen is that, and then there'll be a lot of silences, and what that is, is that's me looking down at the script, reading it, and sort of playing it from in my head for the laughs it's going to get.
0: Right.
1: And
2: then I'll look up and discuss it. So it's scale invariant in the sense that, you know, I, I might focus on, you know, a syllable, a letter, you know at the end uh it should it be a d a d instead of a t what's the funniest word being though? Like? you know to the to the joke level to the scene level to the whole structure level to the premise level, mm. and it'll be completely random which which they are going to say next but but so it, they're not really notes, I don't think in as much mm. as you might get from an executive who says oh, it was a bit it's a bit mournful or can it be set in the north or right. or when you filmed it um that's a, that that set was a bit blue, wasn't it um <laughs> But uh, but they're but they're more sort of really serious hardcore inch by inch script. Mm. Going, I, I, well, obviously you can always say I don't think that joke works. I, I, I think that's a really there's a really good joke in there. It's not um, it's not quite working because mm. would it be better? You know, where are you try and make it like an in-procession where everything's a Yes, you know, would, would it be better if it was this way around? Or can you have another go? And sometimes it's really obvious. And, we, you know, we just sort of work it out mutually. And other times, you know, say, well, don't, don't try and write it at, you know, at me or in front of me. That yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Can go well, yeah.
2: And it's a whole mixture. Uh, I mean, yeah. sometimes it's as simple as so there was a great joke in, in, in one of the, You know, almost, this was almost the first script editing these writers encountered. And I'm happy to tell you that. I hope they, they won't mind. It was um, uh, so an actress doing a read. Uh, the, the, the situation is that an actress doing a voiceover really shitty. What, what is clearly a really duff romance. Uh, and she's quite ch- chippy about it and she's starting to moan about the plot's inconsistencies uh, and, and so on and then she says I mean look at this you know sort of um I you know I could I could barely see him above all the all the heads in the room and then two pages later um I wouldn't mind but I'm five foot eleven uh and I said well mate, I said that's that's a good laugh. the structure is good that's a good laugh you know that's pointing out inconsistencies of the book she's supposed to read and it's a good it's in character because she's chippy to her own detriment when she should just be getting on with it um just make it six for three yeah because then you because then there's no possibility of you audience missing it yeah um yeah. it's it's not a character in the show it's character work. so and it it's, and it just makes the writing worse
0: yeah and also the rhythm of six foot three is funnier than five yeah. foot yeah.
2: eleven. I could barely see about their heads. Not so, you know, because he was six foot three. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I said you can afford you can afford to do it because the book, is, it, it, adds, it adds to the stupid, to the incompetence of the writer, the, the fictional writer. Um, plus that, yeah. You, but the main thing is no one will miss it. No one will miss mm-hmm. the gag. I mean, I haven't actually phrased the gag as well as they wrote it. So apologies, uh, Lizzie and Olivia. But uh, um, so, they, so so sometimes it's just very obvious. Um, Keith's yeah. a funnier name than John, you know.
1: Um, yeah. Sort of stuff. Really, <laughs> it <laughs> um, is. Um, were there any occasions where you were just reading the script and you just thought, uh, you know, I'm I'm in the ha- I'm in safe hands here, and you kind of you you lost yourself in the script rather than having your um, kind of intellectual hat on?
2: Uh, w- the way I work is it, it, it takes me a long time to read scripts that matter. Um, and the reason is because if we're going to, you know, so, so if, if if they matter, it could mean that they're going to get made. And if they're going to get made, it means I've got to really think about them really hard in terms of the casting, and then the getting it all together, and the scheduling, and how we're going to do it, and the directing on the day, and then the editing afterwards, and then all the promo stuff. I'm going to be living with that script. It's going to be in my head for the rest of my life. And I and and I promise you, I can remember scripts. I did back in 1985, you know, and I remember shows. Then. So, so if I'm going to let it in, uh, I've got to sort of, you know, I've got to decide to breathe in before I open it. Now, it's fine when, you know, um, uh, you know Jeremy Hardy used to say, well, here's the script finally, or Jonathan would say, well, here's getting you sit down and read it, going, OK, I'm going to let this in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so these scripts, the, the one, once I decided that these were the winning scripts, then you're now thinking along multiple axes. You're, you're you're thinking of the audience, you're thinking of the jokes, you're thinking about how it's going to get done, you're thinking about the casting, um, how it should be delivered, whether a character is, is intrinsically underpowered or whether there's an opportunity to beef them up. So it's sort of all intellectual at that point, but surpassed by the fact that I love laughing at a joke. I, I've got this lucky thing, I think perhaps everyone has it, I, but I know where, um, where I can sort of think, oh, it's got to be done in this way by this actor in this situation and that piece of blocking with this edit and this timing. But also I'm laughing like a tit because it's really funny. Uh, yeah. That's really lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. really like jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that really does help. I can say from first-hand experience, I've sat in many rooms with you for many, many, I was going to say hours. <laughs> I mean months, actually, probably over the last 10 years um that just laughing, not not yeah. giggling like maniacs at little yeah. silly jokes is just, just absolutely delightful isn't not it? not I mean, the panel slides
2: move. back is this forbidden city yes can i come in no just
0: think, how have we not heard that joke before that must be just this, this this forbidden city joke is literally just lying around can we do that i think we yeah.
2: can the bermuda triangle it's disappeared <laughs> um, I mean, just happy, happy, happy to have jokes in my head for all the time. Um, and I yeah. do some quite often when I'm reading a script uh, and it's come from the writer who is <laughs> John, John Finmore has a great habit of of not giving you the script till it's way too late, sending it and then getting very stressed if you don't ring 28 minutes later.
0: <laughs> right okay
2: so um but but often i'll text someone sort of just halfway through saying i've stopped i've stopped i've paused for a bit because i just want to really relish i just really right. enjoy that and i'll say i've just you jo- you got me at and i'll yes. text the gag you got me yeah. at this joke yeah that's the one that's the coffee spill um so uh so the answer to sort of the original question is is that you sort of both intellectualize and are visceral mm. um
0: yeah and it's really helpful just to hear you point it out like that because. It's easy to forget that, a script, that writing a sitcom script is not a way of winning a competition. You are trying to make a sitcom and a producer is now going to have to answer about 330 different questions about how, how am I A going to get this sold? B, going to get this made? C, going to get this cast? Um, and then, you know, made six times over and then recommissioned. And it's a long road ahead with a writer, isn't it? So in a way, it is, it, it's it's a bit of a calling card. It's a bit of a first date for hopefully quite a long relationship.
2: Uh, y- yes, and it's and, and I've I've never rarely once or twice come across a situation where I've I've sort of met with a writer and started work on something and thought, "Eep, uh, mm. I'm not sure that's really going to come off." I think one, once or twice. Uh, yeah, and, and then the stuff didn't didn't sort of pan out anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: but in in a way, sort of tossing in a script that you know isn't great, is is a script version of essentially hooting your horn at someone you like the look of as you drive past. Which, like, that's which happens not to the me obviously
2: very very often. Yeah. Because, uh, you know. that's
0: not the basis of a long term relationship, I don't think. So why why are you doing that? Is, but is it not? What a is bizarre great... way to finish this podcast. <laughs>
2: Will you excuse me? I need to make some phone calls. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's it's a it, d I mean. If it, if, it, if it makes you laugh, at least... I mean, there was, there was one, one of the winners sort of magically broke all the rules I set myself and everything I've iterated uh, in this one because I was just laughing like a burke for the... You know, the first speech made me laugh four times. Uh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, that's something, yes. I'm, I mean, there are some... some, some I mean, try and make it funny right from the get-go. I mean, that sort of, you know...
0: Yeah, that's um, a very good idea, isn't it? Try to make the yeah. first page as funny as you can. Well...
2: Yes, but I suppose what it's really saying is um find yourself writing something where it's natural for the first page to be funny. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just sort of silly, it's like chicken and egg, obviously, but um but the the, the the sort of age-old refrain of, you know, make sure it's got some laughs in the first page, of course it's still true, uh isn't isn't quite pop bung some jokes in there and then get weaving on the scripture we're going to write.
0: Mm. Um
2: it is if you're writing a great situation with funny characters, then broadly, it'll be funny on the first page. Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. what it means to have... It's a circular thing. That's what it means to be writing a good sitcom with funny characters and a good mm. situation, I
0: think. Yeah. And if, if you find yourself saying to yourself, well, the first three pages, can't, three pages can't really be funny because I'm setting up the situation and the characters, A, you're thinking okay, I think you can show, not tell, but B, I'm a bit worried about your characters and C, I'm not sure about your premise either. Then if it's, <laughs> if it's not going to be fun funny yeah. for three pages at the start, then I, I wouldn't start there. <laughs> I would think about starting somewhere else, which yeah. is obviously amazingly brilliant advice, which is I wouldn't start from here, <laughs> um, no. but actually you, you can start wherever you like in a way. It's, it's only your head that makes you think that you've whacked these pegs in the ground and nothing can be changed this show doesn't exist yet it doesn't you know what i mean it's like you're writing it it's your show it can be anything so why would you start at a place that isn't funny i don't know am i getting a bit too no and and, and,
2: and, uh i mean one of the one of the things that um another another uh thing to talk about another thing that came in was the use of a narrator um Mm -hmm. quite a few had that uh and uh, narrator is, you know, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you know, works great in, a, in Arrested Development, so I'm an American sitcom, but um, uh, but be careful, you know. To, I mean, a lot of them use the, the 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 narrator who steps out, you know, the blackadder narrator, the one who sort of mm. disses the the product, as it were, um, or disses the fact that narration. You think, well, that's, I mean, that's quite well worn.
0: Yeah, I would say, and also deconstructing it. The, the, the narrator's got to be doing something. A, we haven't seen before or yeah. be giving you something that the characters or premise simply cannot give you. But if they're sort of telling you stuff that you're sort of already seeing and hearing, then I don't quite know. Yeah. What I mean, that.
2: it's, it's, it's useful, I guess, if you need to set up, if, if, you, if you know, you don't, you, you don't have a title sequence like you do on telly, you know, if you look at the Berkeley, you know, you, you 80% of the internet that isn't, uh, you know, is, is devoted to compilations of great TV, of TV title sequences from the past so you know you know and they tell you the whole story six million dollar man or mission impossible you know they give the whole premise beautifully thunderbirds you know it's ridiculous how good how good a title sequence is um radio there isn't really an equivalent other than having an orator going it's the year 2024 A uh, deadly anthrax that means everyone has an extra arm um you know as, as populated earth we're now in the office um wow you're typing fast today well yes but that's my extra arm for you <laughs> that's okay. I don't I wouldn't mind if it started like that. <laughs> no, yeah, that yeah. That's just information that's a sort of bore to yeah. tell. Um, do it fast, I,
0: I do definitely. find that
1: nine times out of ten I would say that and when, when there is a narrator, they are basically telling telling what would be funnier shown. Mm. Yeah, and actually uh, I think
0: Desperate Housewives is a really good example of what you can do with a narrator, which is mm. the narrator from the first episode is basically I'm the, one, I'm the one that's dead. And you're like, yeah. oh, white picket fence, perfect little place in America. And this person's dead. And we're going to find out who done it. That's just like, that's quite hot. You know, that's that's yeah. counterpoint, which is really helpful. Yeah. But unless it's that or something else, it's mm-hmm. like, I think you probably don't need it. But never say never.
2: Well, I think, I think you, you use narrator also for um, uh, passage of, passage of uh, time. Mm-hmm. um you know that, that but passive time is an odd thing is it, in a sitcom as well isn't it i mean it's just something people don't talk about that much but but sitcoms probably shouldn't happen over that an episode of a sitcom should, shouldn't really happen over that extended length of time should it mm. uh you know if, if a narrator sort of goes next june you can kind of <laughs> yeah nah,
1: no oh. well james uh, yeah. your your mantra is usually three days maximum I yeah think, yeah, well. yeah.
0: sort of i'm always yeah. torn between it's sort of you're going to struggle to do it in less than 12 hours that's a bottle mm-hmm. episode but equally, if it's more than seventy-two hours, I hope you know what you're doing. Yeah. You may get away with a plot that's this time next week, dot dot dot, and you, you might be all right. Or, but or even that is as rising. a comedy
2: cut. Yes, you know, sort Just of. About, uh, I yeah. think it'll. I, I think I, uh, you know, uh, or a kind. Of, I can imagine a kind of. IT crowd joke where it sort of goes, Oh, we'll have this done in a jiffy, caption three months later, and they've all got yeah. comedy beer, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, burger boxes piled on the desk. I mean, okay, yes. that's a, mm. that's yeah, a real yeah. passage of time. Mm. Um, yeah. I suppose I, I, this is worth examining why 72 hours or why the And I think because I think it speaks to something slightly even more subtle, which is that it's sort of suspension of disbelief in that you. What happens in the sitcom has to matter to the characters. They've got to run around like blue-ass flies because the Mm. supermarket manager says they've got to dress up as kiwi fruit or because the the boss is allergic to the thing that they're about to unveil or whatever it is. (laughs) That would get itself sorted out. You know, the characters can't stay
1: worried about it for longer than a day or so. Here's, a, here's another thought, uh, which I wonder if it is that if you think about a movie, you know, and, and a, a character is, has changed by the end of the movie, that they have learned. Uh, you can't learn. It takes a while to learn things. Mm. Uh, and if you make a mistake... Um, you know, it, it, within three days, you're, you, you're not going to learn. It, 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 it cuts off the possibility of you, you learning yeah. from it because yeah. next week we're coming back already and the same yeah. problems coming. And we know you haven't learned, so you're going to make the same mistake well, that, again. So maybe think, that's Well, that, maybe that's that's cool.
2: well, well also, it, I suppose logically, if, if sitcom originated in the form that went out once a week, then it couldn't last more than seven days because next week's episode would bump into it. there <laughs> a cerebral objection.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's something in that. <laughs>
2: Well, well there's yeah there is I mean something in the idea that you know the end of a stage play you know you sort of think that everything's changed for all time. You know, the end of inspector calls or something, everyone's changed for all time. Um mm. but in a in a in a sitcom they've got they've got to sort of come back next week. Uh you know, may the sitcom may be a weekly meeting of the such and such club or something. Mm. Um dear john but it's
0: marriage
2: guidance wasn't it yeah so so it's it's oh
0: no how long
2: how long for how long can you credibly believe these characters would credibly sweat about the thing that's happened Mm. and that's probably
0: yes that's uh, really interesting uh, that's that's
2: probably more why sitcoms should be um should be sort of bottled up and shook Um, yeah
0: Well, I think we should probably uh, wrap things up because we've been going for a while. Yeah. Thank you so much for your um, battle scars from the trenches of reading scripts. Uh, in yeah, just, uh,
1: actually, actually, just before we end, could you get, tell us a little bit about um, that what, what's happening, with uh, what what the winning hmm. entries? Uh,
2: yeah, well, well uh, we, read, we read through the four of them. We had 11 actors play something like 45 parts plus plenty of Man 2 and, <laughs> and Assistant B, uh, but actually 45 name parts. Uh, and um, out of the four, three we've submitted to Radio Four, and they've, they've passed this sort of intermediate hurdle of the 250 word pitch, which more or less said, this was one out of 600 read it honest. Um, yeah. And uh, they're being read, and we'll discover in sort of late July whether Radio Four wants to do anything with them.
0: Wow,
1: fantastic. You yeah. watch this
0: space. That's really exciting.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, well, it, um, we, thank you
0: we so never much. We wouldn't known about them if we hadn't had any questions. Thank you so much for those insights. Really, really helpful. Thanks very much to everyone for listening. If you like the show, you could support us on Patreon. That'll be good. Um, and there's loads of, there's an extra episode a month where it's effectively a Zoom Q&A and you can be part of that. Um, Dave's written a book. I've written a book. Look in the show notes. <laughs> Google us. Follow us on Twitter, Sitcom Geeks, and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll bump up to our other stuff sooner or later. But anyway, uh, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure.
1: Thank you, James. And thank you, David.
0: And thank you for listening. And we'll speak to you next time. Cheerio.
1: Bye-bye.